Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. This episode of Pit Stop is all about creating winning brand experiences to keep your customers happy and coming back again and again. I hope you'll come back again and again, so make sure you hit that follow button on Spotify or subscribe on Apple. Welcome back to Pit Stop. Joining me is the always fresh, always clean Matt Monix, co-founder and CEO of Huron Men's Grooming Products. That's why he's so fresh and so clean. He's also a really cool guy, which always, always helps. And today... We are talking about winning customer experiences. So the first point that we have here, oh, sending bagels. Oh, we're going over the show notes, sending bagels to family in Texas. I try to post a lot of good, useful social media content like this. I posted a picture of me getting buying bagels once in Montreal. It's going to be my, my top post of the year. People <laughs> love bagels. There's nothing as polarizing as bagels. I should have worn my Cat's Deli shirt for, for this one. But let's jump into the, the actual topic, which is winning customer experiences. And really, what's more important than talking to customers who have given you money? We were chatting a little bit about this in the, in the green room, but I don't think we can harp on it enough just how important it is to talk to your customers. Yeah, Lucas, thanks for having me again. Um, you know, I would just say that uh, you, you, the early customer base is kind of like the brand sandbox of sorts. There's just so many things you can learn from these early folks, from where they came from, what brought them to Huron or to your brand. Uh, why do they continue to, to buy from you? Like what products were they using previously? Uh, what's the most favorite attribute about their favorite product? I mean, my hypothesis on engaging in, in CX in general and kind of our proactive nature of CX is I just firmly believe that so many people out there have an entrepreneurial itch that will forever go unscratched. So if you're as a brand owner or co-founder, whomever, if you're willing to show people a little bit more than normal underneath the hood and kind of invite people into the brand growth story and brand experience, People will a shout your name from the mountaintops and b like give you extremely candid and really helpful feedback, and I think both of those points have been really really helpful for us. And obviously, like refer a friend, referrals and whatnot, but also just like how do we construct, you know, elements from product pipeline design to brand packaging redesign to think about customer marketing hooks. I mean, there's so many things we've asked our base about that they've shed so much light around. Um, so I think like rather than just looking at this base of customers purely on a transactional basis, it's what can you share with them to help ultimately benefit you in the long run. And hopefully both parties kind of have fun uh, in the process. And I think we've been able to unlock so many meaningful insights just from being proactive and reaching out to the base through surveys, through giveaways, whatnot, uh, in exchange for you know things that we're pondering internally to get to get perspectives and eyeballs on. Mm-hmm. No, I think that that's just, just so smart and, and well articulated. And I think it's really interesting what you said about how people do have that, that entrepreneurial itch and they want to see that, that journey. And I, I always loved shows like how it's made where they'd go to an industrial food factory 
and just show everything from packaging and and stuff. And then when I was in, in an industrial food factory, when we were getting the tour and they were talking about the equipment, and I said, oh, is that the Buffalo Chopper? And I, I'd only, I, the only reason that I knew that was from watching like the Food Network and Guy Fieri going to like just see sausage being made. So like people just want to to see that and be a part of the the journey. It's almost like if you want to get your kids to to eat healthy, get them involved. That's why making pasta from scratch is such a a real uh, good activity mm-hmm. because you're getting your hands dirty and everyone feels involved. So I think it just when you have that sense of involvement. Even as something as simple as collecting feedback, it just makes everyone a little bit more engaged. Yep. Now, this is probably one of my favorite questions to ask. What are some some funny customer stories that uh, that you have? One in particular. I mean, we we have one customer who's in Texas who, for whatever reason, just buys a stupid high number of jumbo body washes every quarter. Can be anywhere mm-hmm. from like the eight to twelve units per order range, um, which that is a lot of gallons of body wash. So yeah. we've often talked about like the jumbo is already <laughs> it's, it's wholesale kind of yeah, 32 size. ounces. So it's, um, you know, it's been fun to, to learn about his experience. And he oftentimes is just giving them away, which is, which is amazing, obviously for us. Uh, but uh, it's been fun to kind of banter with him and kind of learn more about him and where he came from and like access to the brand and all that fun stuff. We do also have another customer, oddly enough in Texas, uh, who I think whenever we release product, he orders eight at a time. Just, but it's a consistent eight. Uh, so we 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 reached out to this customer a few times. We actually sent him a birthday cake uh, for his birthday like two months ago uh, that he was like through the moon over over the moon over rather. <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, you know a slight a slight change in narrative, but I think it still goes back to our approach towards CXs when. Austin had the big, or Texas rather, had the big ice storm, I think in February or March of this year. And a lot of people lost power and whatnot. We had actually sent out a survey kind of the weekend before, and we had a a customer of ours respond and say, Hey, sorry, like I don't have power. I'm driving to Dallas with my, you know, to be with my in-laws, but I'm hoping to take the survey once I get there. And we're like, (laughs) cause that's their priority. It's it's fine. Um, Just drive safe. Um, yeah. but the we, fact that you're willing to do this for at this point tells us everything we need to know. Yeah, exactly. But, um, we found out that he had actually spent a number of years with his wife in New York. So we sent them bagels, uh, from New York, from Murray's and he was like, Oh my God, like we used to get Murray's every Sunday. Like, this is amazing. Um, so it just goes to show you like, you know, again, those small gestures that at the end of the day really don't cost that much can really kind of move mountains in terms of what it means for the end consumer. And then in turn, like they're going to tell everyone about that experience. And, and you know, it's certainly a good way for some, some brand awareness, even though that's not the primary purpose of the gesture. It's not, but it is that, um, I, I read a quote and it said, it's not the last impression. It's the lasting impression hmm. that matters most. And, and unlike a lot of people, I got really into to cooking over the pandemic. And it's what's that aftertaste that you're leaving in someone's mouth. Is it, is it sweet? Is it bitter? Is it sour? If someone's giving you money and, and is a customer, you want them to have that sweet, enjoyable aftertaste. You don't want them thinking like, "Oh, it was the product's great, but I just I hate the return policy." Yeah, and that's on one one end of the spectrum. But on the total other end, you have exactly what you did, where that's they're going to be a customer for life, and they're going to tell that story forever. Hey, remember when the, the company that I buy body wash from sent us bagels? I've never seen any customer service like that. They're going to be telling that at all their holiday parties with their family for forever. 
Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, look, you don't manufacture those for, for, for that story purpose, but, um, but you do hope to get like maybe a little bit of positive externality out of that. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, one of the things that I learned early on in my career, um, while at Bonobos, which is kind of known historically for like a really strong CX department and just great CX overall, is we had a very early employee who kind of who, who manned that team. And his whole mantra was, was pack the customer's bags for them, like at every point in the whether it's the, the purchasing process, the returns process, the outreach process, just constantly pack their bags for them. So we try and, uh, you know, we borrowed that mantra and kind of brought it into Huron and, and uh, Johnny, who runs our CX team, just does an amazing job with that and, and really making it seamless so that like, if there's a problem, we're proactively reaching out. If we don't get a chance to proactively reaching out, we're very empathetic um, and we're, we're finding ways to make the experience right. Um, mm-hmm. So just some, some added thoughts. No, I, I love that. And then just the, the last thing that we wanted to, to touch on was just making it easier for customers to buy that they want. And that was a great segue by, by packing the bags for them. If you want your customers to, to get on the road and, and get, get going, make it easy to, to get going, fill up the car with gas, get, get them checked into the airport, pack their bags. What are some changes that you've uh, made or just found interesting uh, of understanding how your customers interact with the the website. Yeah, I think overarchingly, one thing that's important to remember is your hypothesis and perspective is an N of one. It's one, right? So, and the one thing you can almost guarantee about that perspective is there are some elements that are sure to be dead wrong. Uh, so what we try to embrace is this notion of constantly testing. So for us, it's how do we think about the presentation of our homepage? How do we think about the buyer journey from homepage to collections page to PDPs? I mean, we've seen some of our customers who don't actually make it to the product page because they look on the collections page, they see body wash, they see it has a great number of five-star reviews and they're like, okay, I think I know what body wash is by now. Right. (laughs) So it's like, well, how do you think about maybe borrowing some of the learnings that we would otherwise present on the product pages and instilling them into the collections page? So there's always learnings. um, And I think there is truth to be told around the the strength and numbers saying, but I think the, the real, um, you know, the real step function value change opportunity is the speed at which you enact. Right. So you take those learnings, you instill, you internalize them and then you figure out how to activate them throughout the site. Because I think one of the worst things you could do as a primarily a DTC brand, and quite honestly, like we suffered from this early on is you just let the site go stale, right? Like this is your one store. So if you let it collect dust, if you don't move, if you don't re-merchandise, if you don't do things, like you're not going to learn and understand how you can move the needle and better curate that consumer experience. So um, we've just become huge believers in testing so many things, um, which can be like a bit confusing at times, admittedly, but we're, we're finding little areas that, that we would call wins quite free, quite honestly, um, and understanding how we can, again, just kind of infuse those learnings throughout the site. Mm-hmm. No, I really appreciate that. Do you keep a, like a journal of just the changes that you make and just little things and nuances and, and differences there? Uh, we do. We have a, a shared notion doc that, you know, usually we're making three to five hypotheses a month that we're test, we're implementing and then testing. Um, so whether it's borrowed from other 
brands or sites that we admire to say like, hey, I wonder if we were to text X with ABC and see what happens. Uh, so we're leveraging Google Optimize a lot on that front, but uh, just kind of understanding and internalizing like this, there's so many different ways a customer can shop Huron or quite frankly, any brand today. What is happening on site? How are people shopping? When is AOV maximized? When is site drop off minimized? I mean, there's just so many learnings to be had that, again, to kind of let the site go a little bit stale is kind of a miss. Matt, is there anything else that you want to add there? Any people over tools? Yeah. Um, well, tools without but, technique is is nothing. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, I think one thing, uh, kind of a blanket statement as, as we close out just with tools in general is we are rapidly approaching a very automated world, whether it's email, SMS, apps for Shopify, you name it. I think, you know, uh, a little bit counterintuitive is the more manual efforts around things tend to get over-indexed in terms of exposure. So handwritten notes, personalized emails, things that on the surface are viewed as time consuming actually have really, really positive ROI because the consumer now realizes this is not just a blanket email. This is not just a blanket text. So managing tools and obviously finding tools, but also balancing that with some, some good old manual labor, um, I think could be a good recipe for success. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, I was having that exact conversation earlier this morning, how work will work when nothing else works. And you just, you put in just a little bit more effort and you, you do see that over indexing of, of success. So love that. Really appreciate it. I, I know that people can go to use here on.com or on Amazon if you are for the, the prime cart. Where else can people find you, Matt, if they want to buy their products and get as fresh and clean as you do? Uh, so our products are also available on J crew and Madewell. Um, but we're always open to chat, talk, crack jokes. Um, so we're at use here on all the socials and um, at Matt Molinax on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Make sure you're subscribed to Pitstop wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back next week with a few more episodes. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Lucas. Delivering Amazon-like speed to customers. That's what TB12 wanted when they went with ShipBob, and that's what they got. In addition to 25% cost savings since switching 3PLs to ShipBob, if the GOAT Tom Brady trusts ShipBob with his company, you should too head to ShipBob.com, get a quote, see how much you could be saving while also growing your business.
Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today. 